everyone, and welcome back to the Redbeard Outdoors podcast. This is Jonathan, your host, and today we've got an awesome guest on someone that I've I met through something called the Cold Shot Challenge on Instagram. Uh, his name is Justin, and on Instagram he's Bloodlines Outdoors. We talk a little bit more about that, what his ideas are, where that started to begin with, uh, with Bloodlines Outdoors, and but before all of that, before that great conversation. I do just want to remind you uh, that here at Redbird Outdoors, we just talk about family, faith, fitness, and the outdoors. Those three things pretty much encompass my entire life and what has made me happier, healthier, and has had me had my confidence grow than those three aspects over the last couple of years. And I want to share that with you. So that's what Redbird Outdoors is all about. And... Um, I do not run ads on this show, and there's a reason for that. I know for me personally, I don't enjoy it when I turn on a new podcast and there's ads, and so I don't do it. I do have some people and companies that I work with. I leave the links below in the show description. I do encourage you to go check them out. Uh, there's amazing granola and other meals by Alpenfuel. Uh, they've been my favorite by far when it goes to backpacking and hunting uh, when you're out in the back country and, and you just need a snack, they're amazing. And any other company that I work with uh, down below. I also have a Facebook group called Redbeard's Fit Crew where we do health coaching, nutrition, and we also have challenges. We uplift each other in our fitness and nutrition goals as we go through life and find ways to make it simple and sustainable so that you can meet your goals. Everyone has different goals. Not everyone's the same. And so we discussed that there as well. So go check that out. Anyway, without further ado, uh, I've got Justin and, uh, and he's just an amazing guy. And I hope you get something out of this conversation. If you do, please share it with others, bring someone into, uh, the Redbeard Outdoors community. And, uh, yeah, with that, let's get started. Awesome. So we've got here Chester. No, I'm kidding. We've got Justin from Bloodlines Outdoors, uh, someone that I met this last year in uh, the Cold Shot Challenge. We'll talk a little bit more about that. But Justin does some awesome work uh, with physical therapy. He loves archery, uh, bow hunting. He's got a family. He's into fitness. So kind of pretty much everything that we we talk about here on uh, Redbeard Outdoors. So um Anyway, talk, talk to us a little bit about who you are, Justin. Yeah. So first off, uh, red beard, uh, is the theme. I'm uh, not as red as you more of an Auburn, but I'm uh, trying, you know, high goals. Um, so my name is Justin. I run bloodlines outdoors. Um, I am a physical therapist assistant. I've been doing that for five years now. Um, my original plan was PT school. I got into college, realized I hated college. Um, so I could do this in two years. So that's what I did. I jumped ship, went to a PTA school, got done in two years. And uh, I've been doing it for five years now. Um, I have a beautiful wife and a beautiful baby girl. She is three months old. Uh, and they are pretty much just the best thing in the world. So, uh, yeah, they keep me going. They get me through the day. And uh, that's pretty much me. There's not a whole lot there. I love archery. I've been shooting since uh, I was 11. Um competed some when I was younger through like 4-H and stuff, but hunting is my, is my bread and butter. I love to hunt, um, compete a little bit, not so much, but mostly hunting. Awesome. 
Yeah. So uh, PTA or physical therapy assistant, that's awesome. They, I mean, you're pretty much doing what the physical therapist does. It's, it's almost like physician's assistant. You do what the doctor does and then exactly. the doctor signs off on it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, so you know how the body moves, you know how to heal people up with their shoulders. Do you work? What, what part of physical therapy do you work in? Is it, um, I guess what area of physical therapy? Yes. Yeah, so we are in a surgery center. It's called bluegrass orthopedics here in Kentucky. Um, we do a lot of orthopedics. Um, we get lots of shoulder replacements, shoulder surgeries, labrums, hip replacements, knee replacements, uh, lots of athletes. I have three athletes right now that are committed to different colleges like Xavier, um, uh, Eastern Carolina, and then a swimmer going somewhere. Uh, she's new. I don't remember where she's going. Um, so you get a good bit of athletes. Um, we're actually not like a traditional physical therapy clinic. You can probably see behind me in the, if you're watching the video, anybody, uh, we got like squat racks back here. We got like medicine balls. Uh, we got a huge space in here. You can see like a high ceiling. Um, we got, it looks like a good gym. A anti-gravity treadmill. Um, we got like CrossFitter stuff on the wall, which we don't actually do any of that stuff. No, none of my patients are doing tire flips. But um, yeah, we got a, a, a sweet setup in here. It's really cool. And then we have another connection that's all like nerve focused um, and like compartment syndrome and um, some really cool stuff going on back there too. That's awesome. Yeah, it looks like a pretty decked out gym. It definitely doesn't look like most physical therapy clinics. So that that's awesome. Uh, and, and it's cool that you guys are working in orthopedics. That's one of my favorite areas of physical therapy because um, it covers so many things especially the, you know, the shoulder's always been interesting to me because it, it's just a floating joint. Um, it's not really hard connected like your hips or your knees or your ankles or wrists. Um, and so that, that's something that I've always, I've always found interesting, uh, finding ways to strengthen that up, but, uh, tell So you've told us a little bit about you. You have a wonderful family. Um, you run bloodlines outdoors, which I'd like to get into in a little bit, but how, uh, tell, tell us your side of the story as to how we met. Uh, did we, we met through cold shot, didn't we? Yeah. So cold shot challenge is basically an idea that actually I got pulled into a little bit late. It was actually Sodak horizon, um, Ben from Sodak horizon and Brian from state reps. Um, I forget one of them was just going to go out and shoot. I think it was, uh, state reps. And he's like, I'm going to go shoot and I'm on live. And then Ben was like, I'll shoot against you or vice versa. And then they were like, well, that was pretty fun. We should find a way to get more people into this. And at the time I was running a bunch of tournaments on my page of, you know, best tree saddle or best stabilizer, best arrow. I was running all kinds of brackets on my page, um, which I'll start back come March, come bracket time. I'll get back into those. And they were like, well, why don't we contact Justin since he runs all these um, brackets and tournaments and see if he can help us organize a tournament. So I'm all about adding competition. I know I said I'm mostly a hunter, um, but I love any kind of friendly competition. If we can make walking to the bathroom a race, I'm going to do it. Um, and that's something I do with a lot of my patients, actually. If I have two patients that are similar, I'm like, all right, you're both going to do this exercise. Whoever gives up first has to do another rep or, or has to do another set or whatever. Um, just a way to keep it fun and keep it interesting for younger kids mostly. Um, but that was a side note, sorry, but we, uh, yeah, started doing the cold shot challenge and it started getting 
quite a bit of ground between SODAC and State Wraps and then Mountain Archery Fest um, kind of picked it up and helped uh, promote it a little bit. Um, and yeah, so we just started contacting anybody in the archery community. So Cold, cold Shot Challenge, for those of y'all who don't know, is basically just a game we kind of play through the archery community where people will contact us and we'll set you up in a bracket style, depending on if we have 16 shooters or 32 shooters, however we set it up. And uh, you just shoot against one person. You get one shot. It has to be your first shot of the day at a distance that you and your partner decide. It doesn't matter if it's uh, three yards. Me and one guy did a three-yard shot last year. Um, that was arrow tuning kits. Um, some people go back to like 90 yards. Um, Earl from Cutter Stabilizers did like a 90-yard shot. Um, and whoever gets closest to the center wins, goes to the next round. Um, this year, we are actually making it a little bit more official. We are going to have a, a buy-in. Um, if someone wants to get into that, we're going to have, I'm not sure what the price is yet, um, but winner is going to get um, the pot. You Everyone buys in. Winner gets a little payout or a cooler or whatever the prize is that month. Um, but I think we're still going to be running the free option as well for people who just want to get on there just to meet more people and grow the archery community. I think yeah, that's, that's how awesome. Yeah, that, that's how we met. So, uh, yeah, I, I can't remember how I heard about it. Um, it might've been through, uh, McDonald. Um, yeah, Brandon McDonald, Brandon McDonald. That's yep. That's what it was. Cause I saw him posting the, the bracket and then I messaged you cause I wanted to get on there. And I, I obviously didn't win anything, but, uh, um, but it was fun. I, I, I did meet some good people. I think I was in two of the cold shot challenges and uh, I met people from Texas and uh, that's the one that sticks out to me. I think there was someone in Oklahoma too, but it was a lot of fun. So uh, anyone looking at getting into that, um, that'll be, you said March, March timeframe, right? Kind of around yeah. March madness. Yep. Oh, so okay. that, so cold shot. Well, yeah. Probably about March. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So, yeah. So anyone looking at getting into that, if you're into archery, even if you're brand new, it's just fun. Um, and like, uh, like Justin was saying, it's not, you don't have to go and do the, the buy-in version. Um, they're going to run a free version as well so that you can just get to know people and, uh, and yeah, talk to people across the U S and I don't think we've had anyone or you've had anyone, uh, internationally, but, um, across the U S that are, you have, yeah, we have a couple shooters from Australia, uh, last year. And then awesome. one guy from, Actually, I think he's from like North Dakota or South Dakota, but he was actually in Af or uh, yeah Africa on a safari, and he was participating, which made it super complicated. Honestly, it was super tough to coordinate times, but it worked out. Yeah, lining up the times can be difficult. I've got a, a professor right now that's in. I want to say he's uh, he's in like the Saudi Arabia area right now doing some service projects, and uh, so he's up at one in the morning to teach our class for us at like five in the afternoon here in Utah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting uh, as you go across the world, but that's cool. I didn't know we had some international, uh, competition. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. so yeah, that's, that's awesome. That's a great way to, to get to know people. And, and again, the cold shot challenge is, is great because it really does test your skills. Your first shot of the day, um, you're usually a little bit more stiff, your bow's a little bit more stiff. Uh, and, and it's a little bit harder to draw back cause you, you, maybe you've done a workout earlier in the day or something like that, but Anyway, it's a lot of fun. So uh, tell me a little bit more about, about your family. So you've got a wife and a daughter. Uh, how old yep. did you say your daughter was? Three and a half months. Oh, wow. So brand, brand yeah. new. 
brand new. We are in that, uh, we're kind of at that four month sleep regression. We hit that like last week, hit it a little early. So sleeping is not something we are uh, doing a whole lot of right now. <laughs> but yeah, it's awesome. I remember She's that. She's little baby. Uh, she doesn't cry, which is super cool. Um, you know, even as a kid, I always said I wanted to be a dad when I grew up. And so she made that come true. Uh, my wife is just the best mama. She, uh, stays home with her now. We, uh, pulled some financial strings, got some stuff paid off. Um, so I work full time and she's able to stay home with her. And, you know, that leads to some sacrifices we have to make, but it's, we are 100% willing to make those to know who is raising our child and what she's being taught. Yeah, that's awesome. That's super important. Uh, I know a lot of, a lot of companies are allowing, you know, paternal leave and stuff like that, but it it's long-term. Um, it is awesome to have a parent in the home. Um, for me, it's been a blessing with, uh, you know, I, I hate to say that COVID's a blessing, but I never thought I'd enjoy working from home, but my kids being able to be at the house rather than at daycare when they come home from school, some of them have half days, others uh, do the full day at school, but coming home instead of going to another person's house. I know what they're doing. They're either doing homework, et cetera. Um, I agree with you. That's definitely the, the way to go. So that's cool that you guys are able to pull that off. Um, and honestly, like, so I'm the, I'm the oldest of five and I, but I think the majority of families are better off if there's a girl first. And I yeah. know that's a bold statement because, you know, like I said, I'm the oldest of five and I feel like things turned out really well, but I know for the most part, um, I'm an anomaly and, and, and yeah. having a girl first is definitely a blessing. Uh, and so that's awesome. So congratulations on that. And, uh, yeah, of course. So what do you, what do you guys do as far as like with your family, how do you guys get outside? So obviously, you know, your wife's still recovering from having a baby, creating another human being. Um, yeah. and it's cold right now. You don't want to get your four month old baby out, uh, in the freezing cold. But before that, what is something that maybe you and your wife did on a regular basis to get outside and, and you're in Kentucky, right? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Great state of Kentucky. Yeah. Um, we, she is actually a much better hunter than I am. I don't know what it is. Um, cause I will go out 50 times to her one. And the one time she goes, she'll see my shooter buck. And so she likes to hunt. Um, she shoots, um, she shoots a bow way better than I do. So like we even did a cold shot challenge, just me and her the other day. And it was the first time she shot a bow. Uh, she's Matthew's Prima. I got her last year for Christmas. It was the first time she shot it since she was three months pregnant. Um, and she smoked me on the cold shot challenge. I'm like, what the heck? I shoot every day. And she's like, I'm not even sure if this thing's still sighted in. And she like punched it right in the heart of the 3D target. And I'm just like an inch left. I'm like, what in the world? Actually, I was like three inches left. I had a real bad shot. But um, she's just naturally a good shot. We, uh, before the baby, we did a lot of uh, camping and hiking, um, fishing. She's also, she'll outfish me 10 to 1 every time we go. Um, and that's pretty much how we get outside. We have a lot of the same interest, which is something that really drew me towards her. Um, but yeah, we do a lot of that stuff and we plan on continuing that with, um, our little girl. We have tried to get her out. Kentucky's weird, man. Um, we had like 60 degree weather two weeks ago and then we had eight inches of snow and then this week was like 50 and then tomorrow we're supposed to get like 10 inches of snow, um, which that's unheard of. We haven't had that much snow in the last 10 years. Um, but yeah, so it's been weird getting out right now, but our plan is to 
this spring and fall, start hiking some with the baby and getting her used to being outside. So it's not something that is so crazy. It's more of something she's just used to like, Oh, it's the weekend. So we're going to be outside. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'd love to touch on that in a minute, as far as getting kids outside at a young age, but um, you do realize, like, I was just listening to you talk about how your wife just cold shot challenge beat the crap out of you. Um, you know, she's home all day while you're working, right? That's true. So what do you think she might be doing? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's just not there. You should, hey, you should go home and what? call her out on that. <laughs> I think she can use my sight. She's like, knows we're going to shoot. She's like, I'll go bump his sight a little bit or like move his rest, get him out of right. tune. She's out there getting like a hundred reps a day while you're, while you're at work, you know? Yeah. Acts <laughs> like it's hard to pull back. Like, oh, I haven't pulled this thing back oh, in man. forever. She's really like <laughs> up her weight to like 70 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's, that's so cool. Um, so my dad actually grew up in, uh, see, so he was between New Jersey and Kentucky. Um, and I honestly don't remember last time I was out in Kentucky, I was like eight or nine. Yeah. So I don't remember the city, um, but my grandma used to live there and it, it's a beautiful state. Um, and, you know, my dad's a big Wildcats fan, you know, UK. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm a big Tar Heels fan. So that always went well during March Madness, you know. Oh yeah. Um, well, at least you make that other kid down there. Right. Oh yeah. Let's not even talk about the Duke. <laughs> yeah, well, <I'm> <laughs> don't even say that word. Uh, no. But yeah, that, that's right um so you were talking about getting kids outdoors so that's something that you know I, I love that you're mentioning that um it doesn't have to be complicated and i try and stress that uh you know through instagram and through the podcast uh what we do with our kids and, and sometimes my kids are getting older so they don't always want to go on a hike because they know what a hike entails they know they're going to get tired near the end um but i make them do it anyway even on the days that they don't want to uh, and they just know, you know, I try and find ways that are fun for them. So like, you know, we have snow instead of being like, Hey, I'm going to go make you go snowshoe. How we go sledding and they have to hike back up the hill, but they don't think about it because they get the sled back down, you know, yeah. um, things like that are, are awesome ways. And it's cool that you guys are getting snow right now, but, but also, you know, just creating that habit at such a young age, um, even camping in the backyard. Like if, if I had, if I didn't have a night or a day off, you know, of work, we would just camp in the backyard. We'd do a little fire pit in the backyard and have fun like that. Um, yeah. and creating that habit, I think is, is definitely key. Um, and you sound like you enjoy spending time outdoors and, and your wife as well. I, I know for me personally, it's made me a, a better person. Yeah. Um, unplugging from, from the internet and, uh, and just getting outside. It, it just makes the world a difference even on the days when it's just walking to the park that we have here in our neighborhood and the kids get to ride their bikes and I just walk a laps around the park, um, putting the phone down or listening to a podcast or something like that while I'm walking around or even just listen to them when they're not fighting <laughs> and, they're, and they're playing on the park. Nice together. Like it's, it's amazing. Um, so I, I love that. What, what are some, so you said fishing, hunting, which, you know, your, your wife probably put some bait out, you know, she's, she's doing all this stuff that, that you're, you just don't know about. Right. Yeah, and that's why <laughs> I'll tell you the quick story about her. Um, we were hunting at my in-laws. Well, she was hunting. I somehow forgot my bow, which I always have my bow with me. I think she took it out. Uh, so she could hunt and, uh, she was hunting at the stand, which you could see from the house. It was like, they had 20 acres and it was about 120 yards from the house. Um, but I go out there. She'd been out there for a while. 
I slide open the back door real quiet. I army crawl on the deck out there, grab a pair of binoculars. And there was a, a hay bale on the back deck, which was from our wedding, like a little square one. And uh, I come up, I pull the binoculars up like this. And there's a deer down there, a little buck. And as soon as I pull his binoculars up over a hay bale, like literally this much of my head is exposed. Uh, it stops what it's doing and just whips up, looks straight up at me. And it's right below her stand. It's like five yards from her. And she's just standing up. She's twirling like this, like just nonchalantly. And she looks at the deer, look up. She looks at me, throws her arms up in the air. I can see her say like, what are you doing? So I just like lay the binoculars down, hunk, like hide back down behind the hay bale. And uh, I crawl back inside. I get a text. She's like, what are you doing? I was like, I was just checking on you. I thought you were going to shoot this buck. I mean, he was like a little six point. And uh, so then I go up to the bedroom and I'm looking out to the bedroom and there's like a raccoon down there. Um, another deer. I think it was a little doe. I want to say a, a possum or a skunk and like all these animals. I'm like, are you just like a Disney princess? Do you just sing and all these animals just come to you? Like they're all just harmo like harmoniously living. There's like deer, skunk, raccoon, none of them afraid of each other, just walking around together. And she's above them all just twirling, just like flapping her arms. I'm like, man, if I blink too hard, they see me. But right. yeah, she's, she's <laughs> I was going to say that. Yeah, definitely got the Disney princess vibes going there. That's, yeah. that's funny. That's awesome, dude. And that's, it's cool to hear that she's, she's into it as well. Like my, my wife tolerates it. Um, you know, I, I say tolerates it. She's supportive, but yeah. she does hit her limit. She's like, okay, you know, you need to be home now, or, you know, you just get that vibe. She doesn't, she never says that per se, yeah. but you can, you can tell when you're, when your time is run out. So, um, sure. but that, that's cool that she gets out there with you and, and is enjoying that. So I imagine your daughter's going to be the same. I hope so. My dad bought her a bow, um, before she was born. So just a little, like it's pink lights up from like rural King. So, uh, that's awesome. she doesn't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. You've already got her pulling it back. <laughs> yeah. Trying to, she fell asleep in church like this and I was drawing like cartoon bows on her. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so funny. That's so cool. So, uh, little known fact about me. Um, I was actually looking at going into physical therapy. Uh, oh. when, yeah, when I started my, my studying, my, my student career, uh, is what it's turning into. I'm spending way too much time and money in school, but, uh, you know, I always laughed at people that spent too much time. I was like, I'm going to knock my bachelor's out in three and a half years, not going to spend six years on my bachelor's. And I, and I did. Um, but anyway, ended up not getting into physical therapy school and, uh, changed course to get my MBA and go a different route. Um, why physical therapy for you? I'm kind of interested in, in knowing that. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of, uh, an odd story. Um, it's kind of a couple compartments of it. So I have this bad habit of making a decision of like, I'm going to do something. And then after I start it, I'm like, I'm not sure if this is what I want to do until I get some kind of confirmation. Um, so my best friend in high school, he had some kind of knee surgery. I don't remember what it was now. It was 10 years ago or 12. Um, and we lived in Southern Kentucky, kind of Southeast Kentucky. There wasn't a whole lot of resources for therapy. Um, so he's like, why am I going to keep driving an hour for this therapy? He's like, you seem to know what you're doing. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I can give you some exercises. Um, and I probably, I probably broke like every protocol that we were supposed to do, but he got better. And uh, so while we were doing that, I was like, well, this is kind of fun. Maybe I should study this. Um, and then I went to a small Christian college um, straight out of high school, which was kind of dumb. Um, I loved it. It was Asbury University. It was a wonderful time. 
but it was super expensive and I was pretty undecided. Um, at the time I was studying, um, exercise science with an emphasis in kinesiology. So I could apply to PT school. And I was also studying, uh, like ministry, youth ministry classes. Um, not really sure how I was going to combine those two. Those are just like my two interests. And then I was like, man, I really hate school. I don't think I want to do this for seven years. So after a year and a half, uh, I was sitting there talking to my roommate and I was like, I think I want to do maybe PTA school. It's only two years. Um, and it wasn't five seconds later, my mom called me and she was like, Hey, I think you should go to PTA school. There's a school like an hour from our house. You could check it out. So I applied somehow got in my scores were probably not nearly good enough to get in, get in. Um, but I think doors were opened that needed to be opened and, uh, I was let in. So, uh, that's kind of how I ended up here. It was just a, uh, one thing led to another of me being shown a light and then me acting like I couldn't see the light until I was at the, until I was on the light. So here I am. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I love the idea of physical therapy. Um, it's, you know, there's a lot of preventative care that goes into it as well. Everyone thinks it's just the reparations that happen or being, you know, the repairing that happens after a surgery or an injury. Um, and that's a big portion of physical therapy, but there's a lot of key things too, that if you apply, um, you can, you know, uh, prepare your body rather than having to repair it, you know? Absolutely. So, that's what we say is prehab instead of rehab. Exactly. Yep. Yep. And so that, that's, that's a big deal. Um, and physical therapy plays a big role in, in, in a lot of people's, uh, lives, you know, it, and they may not even realize that they need it. Um, but you know, any kind of aches and pains that you may have in your joints or, uh, you know, your ligaments, your, your muscles, you should probably go see someone just to at least get some maintenance stuff down. Cause you don't have to be, you know, a, an athlete or something like that to, to need physical therapy. Um, just having a yeah. better quality of life is Absolutely. important for just about everyone. Um, and you know, we all want to live longer. We want to enjoy our families more, at least most of us do not, not everyone, yeah. but <laughs> most of us want to enjoy our families for as long as possible. And so, um, that that's super important. And that's cool that, that the doors kind of opened up for you. Um, and so you didn't end up taking the, the ministry thing anywhere else. So I worked as a youth pastor for two years. Um, and that was surprisingly, uh, way harder than I thought it was going to be. Um, I was in a small church in Ohio and, uh, it was like, I did an internship there and it was like 20 kids. And then I came back like two years later and there was five kids. There had been this big, like falling out with the church. Um, they basically didn't have the budget to hire a youth pastor. And they were like messaging me like, Hey, the kids know you, the ones that are left, would you be willing to do this for the summer? I was like, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the kids were awesome, but it was just, so much harder work than I ever imagined it was going to be. And I kind of realized that I was in ministry for the wrong reasons. Um, not that there's necessarily a wrong reason to be in ministry. I think every Christian is called to be a minister in their own way, but um, I just didn't want to grow up. I thought, Oh, it'd be fun to be in the youth group forever and like play basketball every Sunday night and like go to the theme park and go to these events all the time. Basically I just didn't want to grow up. And I realized that I was in it for the wrong reasons. And if I was going to get serious about it, I needed to make some life changes. And um, so I still have, I feel like I still have some kind of calling towards that. But what I have um, 
geared that to is kind of towards my channel. I haven't really got into it yet because um, my I'm still growing my channel and I, I have so many ideas right now. I'm trying to work them all together. Um, but that's going to be part of like my bloodlines is um, passing on to the next generation of it's my bloodlines of hunting, but it's also going to be of like faith and, uh, and stuff like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I, I love that. And I definitely want to get into, you know, where Bloodlines Outdoors and all that came from, uh, for sure, because I, I know you've got some awesome ideas. And, and we've kind of talked a little bit and and you've shared some but, um, but yeah, that that's, you know, it's, it's interesting to me how we go into things, thinking one thing, just like, you know, with the ministry idea of, of you realized you were in it for the wrong reasons, you weren't in it for the money, which is usually what most people are in any job for, right. When they say right. they're in it for the wrong reasons. Uh, but you were just thinking that you would, you would be able to hang out with the kids forever and play basketball and do all that fun stuff. And, uh, whereas yeah, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, whereas tapping into the, the hearts of, of youth is not easy. Um, no. you know, I, I grew up, uh, you know, a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, AKA being a Mormon, right. So most people know, know us as, and, uh, I went to seminary early morning seminary. I can only imagine being the teacher for early morning seminary. Like <laughs> these kids at five 30 in the morning, school kids that are in high school don't want to be there. <laughs> Half of them are wrapped up in blankets anyway. And you're trying to, to speak to their souls, you know, about the scriptures. And, uh, I, I remember, and I'm still in contact with some of my teachers. They were just, they had a, a calling for it. Um, they, they knew how to touch us, you know, in, in that way to, to, to let us know, um, the word of God at five 30 in the morning, which yeah. even now yeah. it's still hard for me, um, yeah. to make that time first thing in the morning. I, I just, I'm like, until I get my workout in, like, it's hard for me to function at all, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, yeah. but yeah, that, that's awesome, dude. That's cool that you, you, you had that realization, but at the same time, it, it I'm seeing kind of a, a recurring theme here where, you enjoy serving others. And that's a lot of what physical therapy is. Um, oh, yeah. and obviously ministry, but, but physical therapy is a lot of service. Yeah. You get paid for it, but at the same time, all day, every day, your job is to heal people and help and give them, provide them the tools that they can take home to get better themselves. And you're literally sometimes doing things for them because they can't do it, whether it's a hip replacement or, um, reattaching ligaments and tendons, and they haven't quite figured out how to move their arm again or whatever it is. Um, you're doing things for them. So has that kind of been a theme in your whole life, uh, pretty much just service in general? Um, yeah. and, and where did that start? Yeah. I'm not really sure where that started at. Um, but we actually have this big poster hanging up here right now it says serving athletes of all ages. And that's kind of our, our motto here is, uh, we are, are, are all athletes in our own regard. Um, doesn't matter if you're a 10 years old soccer player or a hundred year old grandma, your activity is what makes you the athlete. So if that's wanting to kick a soccer ball harder, or if it's wanting to get down the floor and play with your kids. Um, I had a therapist one time tell me 80% of therapy is hanging out with people till they feel better. Um, and that's not exactly true. Uh, there's a lot more of it to that, but there is a big part of therapy that is just, being there to help someone through probably the hardest thing they've gone through in a really long time. They've never been in this much pain for this long or this uncomfortable. So convincing them mentally that this is going to get better. Like 
me and you working together, we're going to make this knee bend. We're going to make this shoulder pull. We're going to make this back move, whatever it is. It's I'm here to help you. Um, but you've got to help me in return. It's a team effort. You know, um, I can't do it all for you cause I'm seeing you somewhere between one and three times a week, uh, depending on the issue you're with yourself all the time. You've got to put in the work and convincing someone to do that. Um, that wasn't really what you asked, but um, I don't really know where the service part came from. I've always just enjoyed people. Um, I like people. I like being around people, um, talking to people, meeting new people. And um, I guess it kind of goes back to um, faith is, I mean, God wouldn't turn anyone away. Like Jesus wouldn't turn anyone, anyone away. Um, so I think keeping an open mind and wanting to help everyone help themselves in general um, whatever that goal is, I think it's just been something that's, it's just kind of instilled. I don't think there was a time that started. I think that was just uh, a gift that God gave me as a part of my heart when I was made. No, I, I agree with that. It's, and you hit on something earlier too, that stuck out to me because I was the same way where you were saying that ever since you were a kid, you knew you wanted to be a dad. And I, and I don't know your, your background, but I know for me, I had an amazing example of a father in my life that taught me that it's not a, you know, it's not a woman's job to do the chores around the house. I always saw him cleaning dishes when he wasn't working, obviously, but when he was home, he was cleaning dishes. He was playing with, with us kids. I saw him playing Polly pockets and Barbies with my sisters. He was this big burly ex Marine. He's not naturally going to want to play Barbies, but he wanted to spend time with his daughters you know? Yep. And so he would get down and, and they would tell him the whole story, you know, and he'd play along with them. But um, like just seeing things like that, uh, that's one thing that kind of like what you've said, I didn't necessarily know what I wanted to do growing up. Like I bounced from veterinary to physical therapist to maybe chiropractic to a whole bunch of personal training, a whole bunch of stuff. Um, but I did know that I wanted to be a dad, you know? And, yep. and so uh, it sounds very similar. And that's, that's in and of itself, if you're a good dad, that's a life of service. You know, you're, Absolutely. you're giving up so much time. Your wife is giving up so much of her time right now to be a full-time mom. Uh, and that, that's a, some people call it a thankless job um, because you, you don't get paid for it. And you're yep. literally at the beck and call of your child, you know, 24 seven. And I'm sure you're the same way when you get home, you want to hold her, you're okay with waking up, even though, you know, it's going to suck waking up early the next morning. You're, you're yep. okay with getting up in the middle of the night and holding her to, to feed her or whatever it may be um, in the middle of the night. And I, I think that's awesome. Um, and then you're competitive. So I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about that. Your competitive side there. Have you, did you play sports growing up or where did that competition come from? Yeah. Um, so I'm the youngest of two, which my brother wasn't really athletic. So that doesn't really matter, but yeah, I'm but also you still had to compete for attention, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> yeah, so I still had to beat him at everything. Um, <laughs> like I said, it didn't matter if it was, you know, running to the bathroom, like I'm going to beat you. Uh, it doesn't matter if I have to trip you, I'm going to win. Um, on top of that, my extended family is pretty big. My mom is one of 13. My dad is one of five, mostly boys. And I am the youngest out of all of them, except for one who's a, one month younger than me. Um, so out of all my cousins, I'm basically the youngest. And so we were always competing. Um, I played, I know I don't look like it. I'm a 5'8 white guy, but I played basketball. Um, 
does not mean I was any good, but I played. Um, and then just any sport, like I, in my truck, I drove in high school. In my toolbox, there was uh, cleats, a baseball glove, a baseball bat, football, football gloves, basketball, uh, extra change of clothes, a soccer ball. Didn't matter. Whatever it was, I wanted to play it. Um, but that was just a way to connect. Like I said earlier, I love people. Um, and I like getting to know people. Um, doesn't really matter how. I just want to get out there and play. So um, the competitiveness, competitiveness has also been a crutch I've had to deal with a lot. Um, I don't know how true this is for you, but having some red in me has meant I had a tip, temper for a little bit. Um, and competitiveness brought that out to the worst of the worst. Like, I got to where like, I was never a person with very colorful language. And then I'd be playing pickup volleyball with like a church rec league. And I'm like chewing out my teammate, teammates, like yelling insults at them in ways I didn't know you could even yell insults. Um, so that was when I was in college and I had to take a step back and be like, all right, Justin, like you shouldn't care this much about rec league volleyball. Um, so competitiveness has just been part of my whole life um, and learning to step back when it becomes a hindrance to me and becomes like, I'm going to lose a relationship, a friendship over something so minuscule and dumb. Uh, that's been a, a real eye opener of competitiveness. Doesn't always mean good. Like uh, having a good drive is important, but um, there's a difference in being a butthead about it and just caring to win. Yep. No, I, I agree with that too. And, it's, uh, yeah, I always laugh and say, you know, that phrase fire in your bones. I'm like, yeah, I've got so much fire in my bones. It comes out in my hair, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, but no, I, I agree. It's, uh, you know, it can be a hindrance if you let it, you know, get to that point where, uh, you're, you're more focused on winning and which is good. You know, it's good to win. I, and that's what I teach my kids that, um, you know, I was playing chess with Asher, our seven-year-old. Uh, the other day and he, he lost to me, which I hope he would lose to his dad. You know, <laughs> uh, I was kind of going easy on him the first game and he beat me and, and I was like, okay. So I stepped it up a little bit and I stopped letting him go backwards. Like he'd move a piece and I was like, okay, you sure you want to do that? And he, you know, take his hand off and, you know, I wouldn't let him go back. So he learned, he was learning a little bit there, but um, at the end he was like, well, my teacher told me, you know, if you had fun, you won. And I said, hold on, we're going to nip that in the bud real quick. Like it's yeah. okay to lose. It's you, you yeah. got to learn from your losses. You're going to fail. And I don't want you to think that you still won. Like, that's why when I coach, I despise participation trophies. Oh um, my gosh. I, I never kept them growing up. Mm -hmm. And, uh, the ones that I did have, uh, I probably got upset because they misspelled my name on most of them, but, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that, you know, I, I just didn't like just the generic participation trophies. And so when I coach his, his teams, they, I know they're going to give them to me, even if we were like seventh place. And I'm like, that's kind of an insult, like to have a trophy that says seventh place. But, uh, so I always print off certificates for each kid that highlights something that they did and improved on throughout the season because each and every one of them is a special person, but they need to know what they did accomplish. They don't just need to have some plastic trophy that says seventh place. Uh, and so that's, that's something that I, I definitely teach my kids. Like there's healthy competition. Don't be a sore loser and don't be a sore winner, but learn from your losses and then accept the wins and get better, you know? Yeah. So What's I that saying? It's either you're either winning or learning. Yep. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh, I yeah, I really like that. What you said, if, if you highlight each person's uh, individual uh, accomplishment, um, my my middle school and high school kind of did that. Like I said, I grew up in Southern Kentucky. We were a small school. Um, we had like average of 45 kids per class. And uh, so we were pretty bad at sports when it came to playing some of these bigger city school. They would just thump us. Sorry. And so we never won much. Like... And but we would have our ceremony at the end of the year and they would the coach would make a point and be like, you got so much better at this. Oh, I think there might be a little bit of a lag. Um, can you hear me? Hello. Can you hear me at all? Yeah, I can hear you now. Can you? Okay, hear me? cool. Yeah, yeah, we're good. I think there was a lag there for a minute. Um, so yeah, I was just saying that you know, forty-five people per like classroom, or forty-five people per graduating class. Per graduating class. Oh. See, we had like 40 people per classroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like my class was the biggest to ever graduate and it was like 62. And everyone's like, oh my goodness, the big class is coming through. And uh, they'd have to move teachers around to, to like get us all through. And like my brother's was like 42 people um, pre-K through 12. Oh, that's crazy. So um, so that's cool that, you know, they were able to the pinpoint and obviously being a smaller class, they were able to go through that and, and pinpoint and, and, uh, highlight things that you guys did well. So how is that incorporated? So obviously I know you, you work in physical therapy. Um, you're all about fitness and, and well, not necessarily fitness, but, but fitness in a way like fitness has kind of yeah. got a bad rap where people think you have to be super jacked or you have to be a CrossFit athlete or this or that or the other to be fit, quote unquote fit. But I, I like to look at it as fitness and health are the same because you need to be fit according to what you want to do. What are your goals? Some people's goals is to lose weight. Some people's goals is to get jacked. Some people's goal is to, like you were saying earlier, just to be able to squat down and play with their grandkids on the floor without being in pain um, or yeah. not being able to get up off the floor. So but for you personally, um, how do you incorporate fitness into your own personal life outside of work? Yeah. Um, a couple of things on that. You mentioned CrossFit. Everybody should go do CrossFit because CrossFitters keep me in business because they always get hurt. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm, so I used to be, I used to be in that camp. I did a hundred percent. And then I started doing it and I'm like, if you do it right, it's really good. But the, the key is to get a good coach that can walk yeah. you through the movements. Cause you can get really jacked up like real quick, just one simple oh, yeah. movement, even just kettlebell swings and you could be done. Yeah. So exactly. make sure you got a good coach. That's the only asterisk I'm going to throw on that because I used yeah. to be the same way. And I used to laugh about it too, that yeah, they keep PTs and chiropractic in, in, in business, but the bad coaches yeah. keep them in business and they're the ones that hurt people. So anyway, yeah. keep it's going. like saying you're going to be a bow technician, but you've never learned how to like use a bow press. And like bow shops are like, yeah, everybody should have a bow press because once you mess up your bow, I'm going to come fix it. Um, it's the same thing. Uh, we get so many, we have some really good coaches here in Lexington and some that are just like, here's your exercises, go do them. And you see people doing the, the kip ups and stuff. And like, I'm just like watching the shoulder, just like sublux every other time. I'm like, man, that's going to be a hard to repair shoulder. Um, and then I forgot what my number two was. I said two things, but I don't remember the second one. Uh, oh, 
you said uh, what uh, basically keeps me going. Uh, to be completely honest, you know, they say a painter doesn't want to go home and paint or an auto mechanic's car doesn't run or a plumber's toilet doesn't flush. To be completely honest, sometimes I am absolutely atrocious at keeping up with exercises myself. Um, I sit here and preach all day, like flexibility, you know, core stability. Uh, what we say is like proximal stability for distal mobility, like keeping your core strong, keeping everything close, stable. That way you can move freely out and about and get proper mobility. Uh, sometimes I'm a hypocrite and I will go months without touching a weight other than to hand it to a patient. Um, so most of my health and fitness doesn't come from, I used to bodybuild a little bit years ago, wasn't very good at it. Um, most of mine comes from just being outside with my family. My, my health goals are to live long enough to see my kid and my grandkids one day grow up and do what they want to do and be able to support them in what they want to achieve. Um, I used to drink energy drinks every day. I was drinking Red Bull every single day. And my wife was like, you really need to quit doing that because you're going to die young. I'm like, I like energy drinks. But then she was like, once we got pregnant and we were about to have our baby girl, she's like, you keep drinking those, you won't get to see her grow up. I was like, you're right. So I pitched it and I haven't had one since. And that's been about eight months. So like you said, each person's goals are different. Uh, my goals are no longer to be able to run and compete and like be Spartan races and uh, do so many like burpees and stuff. Like I'll do them. And I think they're very good to do, but on the other side, my goals are much more like simple right now because I have so many other responsibilities. And I think once I get caught up on some stuff, I definitely want to get back into more weight training, but to be completely honest right now, it's more just staying active enough to do what I need to do with my family. Yep. And being able to shoot your bow. Yes, absolutely. Right. I definitely do. I do shoulder work. I do rotator cuff strengthening and, uh, I have a little bit of a, uh, infraspinatus catch. So I do mm. like foam roll on it. Uh, I cup it sometimes or dry knee. I do dry kneeling. Um, I do stuff on it or have one of my coworkers work on it because sometimes that gets achy. Yeah, no, I got you on that one. Yeah. That, and that, and that's key. That's key as well, because, uh, again, you know, everyone's goals are different, right? Like you, yep. you want to, I'm, I'm going to kind of just, anyway call you out a little bit but um you're like i want to grow up and see my kids grow up and i'm like well i want to be the grandpa that outruns my grandkids like <laughs> and yeah. so but no I, I i get what you're saying I'm, that's all in jest right uh but yeah. i just don't get me wrong i don't want to be just like sitting on a on a walker or sitting in a wheelchair like holding my grandkids i i, I want to i want to be very active as well i, I should clarify that but yeah, yeah you i'm got just me messing that. with you <laughs> I'm just messing with yeah. you. Uh, but I no, you're going to be the grandpa that's on the porch ruining their hunts while they're calling in all the dudes. No, <laughs> that's what you're going to do. <laughs> They'll be like, grandpa. <laughs> oh, man. But no, that that's awesome. And again, you know, it's, it's uh, everyone's goals are different. Everyone that I talk with, it's awesome to hear their goals. And, and it's, it can be so simple, you know, and I, I do health coaching on the side. Um, and the people that I talked to, I'm like, look, I used to think steps were gimmicky. I really did. I, I thought it was a dumb thing to, to track, but now it's because I was so focused on the, how silly the number sounded. But now that I look at it as a reflection of movement rather than just steps themselves, but like, what are you doing? Are you up on your feet? You know, for that amount of time, 
um, you know, I challenge people. I'm like, just for the next week, get your average. If you haven't ever tracked your steps, get your average. And I say, okay, great. We meet within a week. And then I'm like, okay, well, if you're not at 10, aim for 10. It's going to stretch you. Your legs are going to be a little bit more sore than you're used to. Um, and if you're averaging around 10, just add 3000 more every single day. It adds up. I'm like, yeah. a lot of people don't like to go to the gym. For me, I love it, but I don't expect people to enjoy it, especially not now when they're all crowded. Um, but, but yeah, it's super simple. It really is. And it doesn't have to be complicated. And I, I love that you've got that simple, just idea of you want to pass on your knowledge, your hobbies, your lifestyle to your kids and your grandkids. And you want to see them do the same. They may not follow your steps hundred percent, but you want to be able to see them uh, get to what they want. So, so talking about that, what, tell me a little bit more about bloodlines outdoors uh, and, you know, people listening what it's about, how you came up with it. Just give us a rundown. Yeah. So um, like you mentioned earlier, um, I was blessed growing up with a father who um, hunted and as a young kid, he didn't, he was working jobs and stuff. And um, as I got into middle school, that toned down and he got into archery about the same time I did, he started bow hunting and he started me bow hunting very young. I was, um, I think I started bow hunting at 11 and, um, so he started taking me and, and, you know, as a kid, I'd get fidgety and I'd fall asleep a lot. And, um, but he'd still say, you know, the night before, if you say you're going, you're going, um, there's no change in your mind. Um, so I'd go and, and at the time, you know, it was neither here nor there. And, um, as I've gotten older and I have made it my own passion and now something me and my dad can do together or me and my wife can do together or whoever, um, I realized that hunting is super hard to get into if you don't know anything about hunting. Um, I had a buddy who, um, his dad passed away when he was young and he was asking me about hunting. He's like, well, how do I even get started? I want to bow hunt. And I was like, well, what do you mean? He's like, I don't have a bow. I don't know where to look for a bow. I don't know what camo to get. I don't know where to hunt. I don't know how to hunt. I was like, oh man, like this is kind of a problem. And, uh, if you look back over the last I don't know how many years the number of hunters has been declining by almost 2% every year. It's been a problem of, it's just been declining steadily um, until 2020, actually in 2020 and it upticked and mostly due to COVID because people were home, you know, people are so busy that they were like, well, something's got to go and hunting takes up time. Um, but COVID one good thing from COVID is people spent time together. They spent time with their families and they were able to get out in the woods more. I'm not sure about the numbers on 21. I'm not, I don't think those have been released yet since we're still technically in that, that season. Um, but yeah, so talking to that friend and talking to some other friends who I've helped get interested in archery, they're like, what do we do next? Um, so Bloodlines was started by me and one of my buddies helped me start it, Eli, uh, who is also trying to get into bow hunting. He rifle hunted some, but I'm teaching him more about bow hunting. It's, this next year we got some really cool things planned, but it's taking those people who don't know where to get started and introducing them. Like these are budget friendly options to get started. This is how you find your way into it. Um, cause like I said earlier, my, my one friend whose dad passed away, he, he, his dad hunted, but his dad died when he was seven. So he never had that opportunity and his, he had a great stepdad, but his stepdad didn't hunt. Um, so I don't want that bloodline, that tradition of hunting to just disappear. Um, you know, my dad hunted, his dad hunted, his dad hunted, 
And so it's in my blood. It's been passed down and I want to pass it on to my little girl and whatever other kids I have, if I'm blessed to have any. Um, so that's pretty much why I named it Bloodlines. Um, it's literally passing down the tradition through our bloodlines. And for those who don't have it in their bloodlines, helping it get started in their own. I like it. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's it's not, it's one of those things that we don't, and I say we, even though I'm, st- I consider myself still within the younger, uh, as far as hunting age, uh, group because I've only been hunting at least out West, uh, for was it now five years, maybe at the most. Um, mm-hmm. and if I didn't have such a good friend that, uh, that got me into it, I probably would have left Utah to be honest with you. Um, cause we were talking about moving back to North Carolina, which is where I'm from and getting back out East and, uh, being around family and, and stuff like that. But once I got introduced to being outside, and what Utah had to offer, because you got to just kind of picture this where in North Carolina, you can't even see the other side of the highway for all the trees. I mean, you know this cause you're in Kentucky. So it's, it's similar, but for people that have never been out East, uh, out East of the Mississippi anyway, um, that's how it is. It's flat. You, you don't see for miles. You don't have the great Rocky mountains. Uh, you got the Appalachian mountains, which I, I should have asked you how you say that. Um, but I say Appalachian people are like the, what <laughs> you mean the Appalachian yeah. mountains, but, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so you've got the Appalachian mountains, which are a lot smaller. They're like foothills compared to the Rockies, but, um, it, it's just so green and you're surrounded by wildlife everywhere and coming out here to where it was so dry. I just like, I was like, the mountains just aren't as beautiful and, but it's crazy when you actually get into them, they are. And so, and you can see again, for miles, you get on top of one, it just feels like such an accomplishment because you can see for miles and miles and miles. And uh, anyway, I'm kind of going off on a tangent there, but, but going back to bloodlines outdoors, um, if I didn't have such a good friend that got me into it. And then of course I'm doing my own research. I've, I've branched off and I've actually kind of gotten him more hyped up about bow hunting now um, because I went all in on it. And uh, he kind of warned me that that was going to happen because he knows my personality and, and uh, he, he knows my addictive nature when it comes to things that are like fitness related and challenges and stuff like that. And uh, anyway, so I, if I didn't have him, I don't, I probably wouldn't be as big of a hunter as I am now. I wouldn't have met the awesome people that I've met and been able to, to, to talk with, um, you know, if he hadn't introduced me and been such a good guy. So that has been a blessing for me. And I think it's cool that you're, you're starting this group. Um, is it a officially a company or? No, no, it's just, okay. uh, just a brand I, I kind of, uh, put on and, uh, just kind of ran with it. Uh, we were tossing names around and that one just kind of stuck. And, uh, so the last two years, I've really only been doing it for two years. And the first year was like three posts and I had no idea what I was doing. Um, and then the cold shot challenge started building up. Um, and start helping get off the ground a little bit. And so this next year, uh, I've talked to a few companies and, and I'm trying to actually, I've picked out, um, four hunters. I hope I've helped four hunters buy a bow for the first time. Um, I've taught them how to shoot. I've helped them pick out arrows. Um, because if you look at it, if you, if you're starting from square one, like I never realized how expensive hunting was. I always had hand-me-down clothes. I always had someone else's tree stands. Um, I always had, 
I had a bow from the time I was young. I don't remember the first bow. Well, first bow was a Parker buckshot. Don't know. It was probably hand-me-down. It's probably used. Um, and then I got a Matthews when I was 14. I've, I've shot the same bow forever. But if you don't have any of that, if you go out, you want to buy a bow, that's going to be between 500 to $2,000, depending on your budget. Camo. Do you want cheapy, cheap camo, or do you want to buy it once and buy it nice? Not saying you'd go buy Sitka gear because we're in Kentucky and it's not that cold. Um, but you're still looking at two to $300 for a whole setup. Then you're looking at finding spots. Like, do you just walk up to someone and say, can I hunt? Or do you need to hunt public? Uh, stands or saddles, boots, um, just all your equipment. It adds up so quick. And that's, that's a lot of money to dump if you don't even know if you like it. You have no idea. Let alone, you know, once you, once you harvest the deer, you need to know where to take the meat. You yep. need to, you know, like it, there's a lot that definitely goes into it. I agree. And it's, it's one of those things that like for me too, uh, with doing health coaching, it's, you don't recognize how much goes into it until you talk to someone that literally knows nothing other than it looks cool or yep. they want to do it That's the only thing that they know and that they have. And, and, you know, a lot of people don't think about going on YouTube. And even if you do, there's so many fake people and, uh, that are out there that won't mm -hmm. really teach you the right thing. They're just trying to sell you something and you can get wrapped up into thousands of dollars worth of equipment that you don't even know how to use. And none yep. of that equipment's going to mean anything if you don't know how to use it, you know? Yep. So that's, that's a big, not really a pet peeve of mine, but an issue I have is, so like, what's the most important thing you can give your children? Your time. Exactly. Your time. It doesn't matter if you give them all the toys in the world, they're going to remember the time you spent with them. And that's the same thing with the archery community. We have all these, I'm not hating on any, anybody because it's great that they do this. Like Brandon McDonald has the mere mortal archery and they've donated bows and stuff to people who need them. And that is awesome. That's fantastic or the bow rack out West donated some bows to people like an RX seven and some different stuff to people who may need them. That's fantastic. But then what? Like they got the stuff. How do they use it? The best thing that I can give, cause I'm not in a financial place that I can just hand out stuff or give out stuff, which is fine. I've made decisions to do things another way. The best thing I can give a new hunter is my time is taking them to the woods saying, this is a good spot because if you look at the trail here coming towards a food source or towards a water source or out of a bedding area and taking that time to explain why we would sit up here and not out in the middle of a field where you see them at night because they're not going to be out there until it's too late. Um, so that's my big thing for this next year is um, taking them through the process of getting the bow, teaching them how to shoot, providing them with the camo they need, providing them with um, a release aid with whatever they need for the one season, taking them through their first season of hunting from start to finish, teaching them to break down the deer, teaching them to butcher it themselves. If they want, if they don't want to learn that we'll take it to, or I'll do it for them. And then next time they'll have to either bring it to me or take it to someone who will butcher it. Um, but taking them through those steps. And then if they decide this is something I want to invest in, then they can make that financial decision afterwards, not up front. So that's what my, my big plan is for this next year is taking a few people through that, spending that time with them, and then let, letting them make the decision after the season. 
Yeah, no, for sure. That's why. And I, I think I've mentioned this in a previous podcast, but for me, I told myself if I was going to get into it, um, I was going to do the buy once, cry once kind of thing. I still haven't bought camo, which has been interesting. I kind of, I, I like to experiment. And so I dumped a bunch of money into my bow setup and everything. Um, and you didn't mention broken arrows. Broken arrows is another wonderful expense yeah. that you don't think about. Uh, and it's cool to Robin Hood until you realize that's a $40 or however many, you know, arrows you ended up ruined. <laughs> it's not yeah. cool after that. Like your first one is cool. Take a picture, post it on Instagram. After that, you're like, okay, I'm not shooting groups anymore. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, so like, you know, I told myself and a lot of people don't have that. I know that's something that I, I have um, just inside of me that I'm all in when I'm all in and I can, I can meter myself and hold myself yeah. accountable. Um, I told myself I would shoot every single day, even if it was just one arrow, I needed to get a shot in every single day if I was going to invest this money into archery equipment. And so I love, I love that you're doing the giving of the time, you know, teaching them, walking them through, because there's not enough mentors out there um, or people willing to take the time to step away from what they're doing to help teach other people. Um, and then, you know, like I, I love elk shaped stuff. I love Dan and his message. Um, some people still are hesitant to pay for that camp, which mm. it's to me, it's priceless. Like it really is. Um, going to that camp and I'm going again this year in, a, in actually like a month or so. And because it, the information was just, it's, it's so worth it to learn from them and to soak up all that, like your brain's tired by the end of the day and your notebook is full and you didn't soak everything in, you know, because there's so much yeah. information. So I think it's awesome that you're doing that for people um, to see if they want to get into it. Is it something that's interesting to them? Uh, and then they can make that financial investment, but they've, sorry, they put in some time, they've put in the work and, and the effort to see if it's, if it's worth it, you know? Um, so that's awesome. That's, that's really yeah. cool. And going back to like my therapy, I told you earlier, I may see a patient once or twice a week, but they're with themselves every day. So same thing with the people I'm taking hunting is I'm helping them get started with a bow, their arrows, a target. And then I teach them to shoot. I get them sighted. I help them get sighted in. And up to after that point, it's up to them to practice because I'm not going to see them every day. The closest one to me is 45 minutes away. So you got to practice on your own. I don't have time to babysit you. If you want to do this, you've got to commit your time. I'm not asking for your money. I'm asking you for your time to yourself. And um, before I take any of them to the woods, if the longest shot we're shooting is 20 yards, I need them shooting like teacup size plates at 30 yards. I want them at least 10 yards further with a good group. I'm not making them shoot 50, 60 yards because personally in Kentucky, we don't need to shoot that far. I mean, the longest shot I took last year, I took three deer. The longest shot was 14 yards because we took the time to figure out where they're traveling. So most of the shots are going to be 20 yards and in, but they still got to prove to me they've practiced enough where they're taking those groups at 30. Yep. No, that makes sense to me. And, uh, I, again, I, I think that that's awesome. I, I really do that. You're taking that time, which, you know, some people can write the check. Some people can donate. Some people have those charities. I, I, I do really like, um, the mere mortal archery. I love his idea behind it. And I, and anyone that donates, um, the items, 
but also like for me last year when I won the elk shape uh, December chub challenge, like I had been messaging him as well, asking him questions about archery equipment and stuff. And I like, he's given away cool stuff, but me personally, I was like, it's worth more to me, even though these other things may be monetarily worth more than his camp. I wanted the knowledge. That's what I wanted right. to win. And I ended up winning it, which I never went. Like I'm always the one that takes the little soda caps off and I'm, it's like, try again later, you know, like, <laughs> so when I won it, I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. But, um, but that's what I wanted. I wanted that knowledge. So I think that that's cool that that's, that's what you're giving away. Uh, you're giving of your time for those people. So I just want to kind of to wrap it up here real quick. I just wanted to ask you one, your favorite memory from this last year. Oh man. Um, my favorite memory from this last year, you know, that would be a great time to say my daughter's birth, but that was absolutely terrifying because pretty much everything that could go wrong did. Um, so that was absolutely a terrifying memory. Um, my favorite memory of this past year, man, probably, well, I guess we found out we were, we're having our daughter. So that was probably the best thing or, you know, finishing her nursery together or um, bring her home for something about her. I'm not sure. Just so many. 2021 was hard for a lot of people. Um, but honestly, it was, a, it was a blessing of a year for us. We had a lot of cool things, um, did some remodels on the home. Um, I really enjoy the Instagram cold shot challenge community meeting. I've met so many people from you to the uh, Epic family to so many people out West to Australia. Um, and started working with some cool companies somewhat. Um, but I'd probably say the experience of my wife being pregnant with her daughter was just, was great, except for the morning sickness. But for me, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That that's, that's awesome. And again, congratulations on becoming a father. That's a, that's a big deal. That That's life changing, life altering, literally. Yeah, and absolutely. Uh, especially if you want to be a good father, obviously it's not that hard to, to, become a father right but yeah. to 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 be a good dad is is definitely something that's not easy um yeah. and then what's the biggest thing that you're looking forward to in 2022 in this year uh just watching a little girl grow um so going back to like you talking about time spent with the little ones is they change so fast right now like just two days ago, like our baby couldn't sit up by herself. And my wife sent me a video today and she's sitting up on the bed with like her hands down by her, just sitting there. Like, when did that start? You know, like every day she sends me a video of her like holding something now, or she's like now sticking her foot in her mouth or whatever it is, which I stick my foot there all the time. Um, and because of that, because of the time I miss because I'm at work, I have spent more time with my daughter. Therefore I've, my hunting has been like, minimal this year i've still gone out a fair share and i'm going to go out tomorrow it's the last weekend here but i've not shot anything i've passed up so much and the times i could i'm like i could shoot that deer but then i got to process it and spend tomorrow butchering it or i could spend time with my wife and daughter um so really just watching her grow um she is so pure and fun and giggly and happy that just soaking up all the time and memories i can with her uh, that's what I'm looking forward to most this next year, her and my wife both. That's awesome. Yeah. And that definitely lines up with, you know, the bloodlines outdoors, just creating that, that family, that, uh, that environment, you know, of learning and, 
and wanted to spend time with your loved ones. And that that's definitely a big deal. That That's awesome, man. Um, I love to hear it. So again, uh, thanks so much for, for coming on, taking the time out of your day today. Uh, where can people find you if they're looking to, to either participate in, in the bloodline outdoors stuff that you have coming up, maybe this next year when you're adding more hunters to that list that you're going to help out, um, or just to get in on the cold shot challenge or whatever, if they have questions for you, uh, where can they find you? Yeah. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at bloodlines outdoors, no space, no dots, nothing, just bloodlines outdoors. Um, that is also my YouTube channel. You can check me out there. Um, right now there's not a lot of material there. Um, just a few little things I've thrown up. Um, but that should be taking off more in 2022, which I'm super excited about. Um, like I said, I'm talking to some companies about some ideas I have, and, uh, I think a couple of them are pretty on board with it. Um, so I'm excited to see where that leads. I'm excited to see what doors are opened up and which ones are shut because, uh, when one shuts, another one opens or you get the tools to learn how to open it. So excited to see what challenges lie ahead and, uh, how, how we come through on the other side. That's awesome. Cool. Well, again, thank you for hopping on here. And, uh, it's been a pleasure chatting with you yeah. and, and I'm excited to see where this is going to go. Um, hopefully it continues to grow and, and we, we turn that number around from less hunters to more hunters. And, and when I say more hunters, not just people wanted to go out and kill something or be part of the, the orange army. Um, but you know, for someone to actually learn to be an ethical hunter, to have that humbling and, and reverent experience that it is to harvest an animal and to provide for your family. So uh, looking yeah. forward to that. And uh, again, thanks for joining. And yeah, thanks so as, much for having me, man. Yeah, of course. Uh, all right. And as I always say, guys, get out, live your life and love it. All right. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I realized I didn't preface that joke at the beginning where I called him Chester. We had spoken before. Uh, we started recording and he said that he had a, a patient that he was working with constantly that would call him Chester or there's other names too that they referred to him as. So uh, anyway, long story short, that's why I threw that joke in there at the beginning. hope you guys enjoyed this. If you're interested in finding Justin uh, at Bloodlines Outdoors, go check him out on Instagram. Uh, also go check him out on YouTube. He has some great content as well. And uh, I do want to also ask, please go leave a review. It helps a ton. If you got something out of this podcast, share it with others as well. If you got something out of this episode, we're growing. Uh, I'm loving the, the feedback I'm getting so that I can continue to make these podcasts better. Something that you want to listen to and continue to listen to as you join me in my journey through the outdoors with my family and fitness. And uh, yeah, with, with that... Thank you so much. Again, if you take a if you do a review, take a screenshot, email it to me. It's redbeardoutdoors the number one at gmail.com. And I'll send you something in the mail uh, just out of appreciation for your support. And other than that, I hope you guys have an amazing day. And like I always say, get out, live your life, and love it.